1: I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is
0: 94198377. You've been listening
1: to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. I was, I was walking down a sizzling road. The sun popped like a field of blazing maize. The earth was hot, an infinite circle with an empty blue sky overhead. A few bicycles passed me by, the only insects in that dry moment of summer, silent, swift, translucent. They barely stirred the air. Workers and girls were riding to their factories, giving their eyes to the summer, their heads to the sky, sitting on the hard beetle backs of the whirling bicycles, that whirred as they rode by bridges, rosebushes, brambles and midday. I thought about evening when the boys wash up, sing, eat, raise a cup of wine in honour of love and life, and waiting at the door, the bicycle, stilled because only moving does it have a soul. And fallen there, it isn't a translucent insect humming through summer, A cold skeleton that will return to life only when it's needed, when it's light, that is, with the resurrection of each new day. And it must be Monday morning here on 3CR. You're listening to the Arabug Radio Show. Shellback bikes whirling through that midday sun. Many thanks to Democracy Now, Amy Goodman. And today on The Tandem we're joined in the... Well, it's not quite a baby seat and it's not a trailer, is it? <laughs> to all those out there and listening in the tranny, podcasting or streaming from the website... We've got a show coming up today focusing mainly on a new innovation in Melbourne called a bike spot, where Anthony is here to talk about. Good, good morning. Good, good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Faith.
0: Good morning, Val.
1: Beautiful day outside, a bit of low cover.
0: Nice tailwinds down from Brunswick.
1: There we go. You always love a northerly, you guys, don't <laughs> you? Hey. <laughs> We've got a few things, news and events coming along, and a little bit happening in Melbourne. Main- and but let's, mainly talking about uh, Bike Spot, which uh, we'll go into in greater detail. Let's start off with a bike moment. Of oh, Faith, I know you've got one waiting to come in.
0: At <laughs> a yeah, bike moment yesterday on the way home from the pool, my uh, son had a flat tire on his bike, so I'd given him my cross bike to ride. And I was kind of thinking, you know, it'll be a little bit too big, but it'll be all right for a short trip. And riding back, I was right behind him, and I thought, you know, he looks extremely comfortable on that bike, and I don't think I'm going to see it again.
1: There's <laughs> a horrible thing to happen. <laughs> Yeah, you are spending all that time bonding with the bicycle and somebody (laughs) just drops in like it's a glove.
0: But but the the upside is, you know, I've bought him a couple of nice bikes recently and uh, they will all eventually come back to me because he's going to be a lot taller than I am.
2: There you go. There you go, yeah. (laughs) Um, I've got a similar well a theme on a flat tyre I just can't seem to get this bike moment out of my head I've got an issue with a valve on my front tyre so returning to my bike wherever I've, however long I've left it I um I'm hoping that it's not not a slow leak and flat but I, I think I may have resolved it so but that's I just can't get that out of my head at the moment
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> neither will foul yeah.
2: I'm just imagining that
1: valve slowly unscrewing itself to spite the owner. I'll teach him to treat me badly. Uh, I've got – the last time we were on two weeks ago, I've uh, had one of those lovely runs of the – I'm not sure you realise the pedestrian crossing next to the Fitzroy swimming pool take Mm. 15 minutes to change. So my bike moment, which I've had before actually because it happens very rarely – Two days in a row, I come around the corner and get the green out. Man, just ride straight across. Oh, beautiful. First three days this week, bang, bang, bang. Wow. Three again. Mm. Well, needless, they,
2: haven't changed, they haven't changed the signalling there.
1: Needless, no, I don't no, think they have. They
0: haven't. I've been stuck there. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> not getting that.
1: Needless to say, I got every other red light on the way to work, which there are 14 others. Yeah. The matter of the fact that I got one, one. of them didn't make yeah. any difference. And I had a lovely um, bike moment on uh, the other day. I'm building a, um, a commuting bike for – this is interesting now. I'm building bikes for the sons and daughters of my friends because I know the parents won't get on a bike and start riding, but the 25-, 28-year-olds, you know, yes, I'm riding a bike. So at one stage we're having a discussion about um, – what coloured mudguards to go on the bike? So it's gone from it's gone from being you know I'll, I'll get your bike too actually you know something Styling. completely else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the comment came out: I couldn't possibly ride a bike that's a bad colour. I said, I agree with you one hundred percent. The joys of it. A little bit of news, faith.
0: A little bit. A little bit. Um. The uh, I, I just noticed that the world naked bike ride's coming up, um, but I noticed they're saying it's going to be the last one.
2: So, uh, is this the last one in Melbourne or in the, Melbourne?
0: Yeah. Yeah. In Melbourne, so I guess that's just there's um, you know, no one to step up and take on the organization or something. I don't know yeah. why that would be, but yeah, if you uh, if you have always wanted. To get your kit off and ride it back around Melbourne. I know there are some people who enjoy it. Um, This is your last chance. You might as well do it. It's going to be uh, next weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 28.
0: Southside this time.
1: Southside again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As one who's been um, a participant (laughs) in the World Naked Bike Ride, and um, look, I've got to say the first four or five were hilarious. Wonderful rides, virtually doubled in size each year. I think, um, now I have to give uh, paid due credit here to Heidi, who ran them, and she ran them very well. And I think the first year must have been about 60 or 70 people, even less. Yeah. Everybody actually got changed in somebody's backyard in Fitzroy, to doubling the next year to nearly 200, to the year after that being about 600, yeah. to the year after that mm. to being. From Alexander Parade, uh, Brunswick Street, all full of cyclists back to Edinburgh, that outlet of Edinburgh Garden. So it grew exponentially every year. I'm not sure why Heidi stepped away, but then it sort of fell on a little bit of barren ground, let we say. And the next couple of years weren't too bad. One down at St Kilda was pretty ordinary, I've got to say, from my uh Wasn't as happy. Some of the rides used to be very; they were hilarious. There was a having
0: from the sidelines, seen you know the the ones in the north. Everyone's laughing and watch who's who's watching. Yeah, and I don't know if I just hit a bad patch, but when uh, I saw one around Port Melbourne or something once and. There were some sour looks from the spectators. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was not received with quite the same enthusiasm I felt. No. So it sort of the put dad- no. it like
1: <laughs> No, I don't know what it was. It was re- it was really quite um, distinguishable. Mm. When yeah. a- three or four young kids had gone and bought a dozen eggs and were going to egg everybody as they rode along, it was a yeah. there was a really strange mix to it. It was sort of like semi-hostile, but not quite. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing that happened once, um, there's probably a general comment on a few other things more than just riding around the, uh, naked, was we changed to uh, Edinburgh Gardens to get disrobed and prepare. And yeah. by the time the advertised starting time, there'd be 300 people there with cameras. Yeah. They're not going on the ride, they're in the middle of the gardens waiting yeah. for two or three or 100 people to disrobe and so they could take pictures of it. it. was really quite weird, but it did prepare you for the ride because as soon as you got on the Brunswick Street, <laughs> every true. intersection, yeah. every tram driver, every car driver that had a passenger there, out came a camera. All the time you were continually getting a photo taken of you the whole ride
2: which can be a bit spooky sometimes. Yeah, where are those you photos know? now? You know, as, got- <laughs> uh, as
1: I said to one bloke, I said, I hope that's for your personal collection, <laughs> sir, at home. I, you know, I can't say it coming. Um, the other fun- the good part about it is a- I've had somebody say to me they were one of the nicest rides because they were the big rides where everybody felt comfortable, yeah. surrounded by a lot of other people whether they were dressed or not dressed or whatever.
0: Well, it was always such a joyous ride coming down Brunswick Street and everyone was just laughing and smiling and, you know, it it generated a lot of joy.
1: It did too. I've got to tell this funny story. It I think the first couple always ended up at uh, the front of the State Parliament building, so top of Burke Street. Sunday afternoon, always a wedding going on. (laughs) So the obligatory photo in the Herald Sun or the Leader newspaper was a hundred naked cyclists in front of a bride and groom pictured (laughs) in front of the thing. Anyway, one year I was obviously in the picture a couple of rows back and I went to see my mum one day and it was stuck up on her... uh, on her kitchen fridge, oh, and, 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 and I said the bet. how'd you know it was me?" well, oh, come on." <laughs> uh, uh, let's, yeah, God, we're going to lose all the bike spot time. We spend about. Um, <laughs> new South Wales Greens are uh, determined to fight the uh, new bike laws in New South Wales. So, all power to their arms. I hope they're. Um, they look like they sh- sh- might be able to stop. There's a fair bit of groundswell. Um, coming up against the, uh, I'm going to call them the new cycle pass laws in New South Wales. Uh, the other couple of things, I'm not sure if you saw the Vic Road study about traffic in Melbourne that was released, uh, I think, late last week, actually. I mean, highlighting something we already know. There's been a 37% increase in cycling over the last seven years, and I said that's a little bit underreported, actually. Um, the interesting thing is the growth in traffic, Outside yeah. the first, outside the inner you know, fifteen kilometres of mm. Melbourne, it's gone ballistic. And just a heads up for the athletes on bikes: Evelyn Stevens is in America, and Colorado is trying to break uh, Brady O'Donnell's hour record. Go, Brady! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back about talking about bike spot just after we come back. 3CR Breakfast Radio meets the people. So come along to Tricia's Sustainable Breakfast Series broadcast live from Friends of the Earth Food Co-op. Join us for breakfast tasties at Friends of the Earth 312 Smith Street, Collingwood or tune in to 3CR to hear what people are doing in the area of sustainability. From Tuesday, March the 15th to Friday, March the 18th starts at 7am, goes through to 8.30am.
2: Come down, watch a live show. Every show will have a musician, and it's a fantastic initiative by 3CR and Friends of the Earth.
1: Supported by Yarra Council.
0: And you're back listening to the Yarra Bug Radio Show on 3CR. Today's studio guest is Anthony Eisenberg from Crowdspot. Good morning. And, uh, Anthony's going to be talking about a project, Bike Spot, um, which, and just to clarify, I've also been involved in.
2: You have, but uh, <laughs> quite heavily as well.
0: Um, Bike Spot is a, a collaboration between the Squeaky Wheel and CrowdSpot, um, and maybe you can tell us a bit more about it. How did it, the initial idea come about, Anthony?
2: Yeah, well, I think. Um I've been doing little bits and pieces of work with the Squeaky Wheel for a while, and we had always had ideas to collaborate further on how, how can we use the the mapping platform that CrowdSpot utilizes with the Squeaky Wheel for a new project. And um, we uh, applied for a TSE road safety grant, which are, is only open to not-for-profits and community groups. So it was quite a perfect match in that sense that the Squeaky Wheel would make the application and would utilize Um, the funds for the bike spot project the mapping project and i really when we got together we thought what's the angle here and i guess what surveys are good good at is about collecting perceptions of um, you know perceptions of information so perceptions of safety and i'd previously worked with VicRoads crash stats we've done the cycle stories project about two three years ago where we crowdsourced where people had had crashes to understand well is that the same as where VicRoad's crash stats data is? But what a, what about if we just compare perceptions of safety with VicRoad's crash stats? And maybe we can highlight areas where there's high perception of risk and a low low crashes or low historical crashes, and vice versa, where there's low perception of risk but high crashes. And try and understand what, what's actually taking place there. If it's high perception of risk and low crashes, well, maybe we need to change people's behavior or perceptions around it could be signage probably not but just rem- other calming measures but also if it's uh, low you know low perception risk and high crashes well maybe we need a an engineering solution to that area or something like that so what we're doing now is asking people over the next three three months or so to highlight areas on the map where they feel unsafe varying degrees of how they feel unsafe and also where they feel safe and um, so far, we've just been overwhelmed with the amount of data. Mm. So, yeah. So I go to the website. You go to the the BikeSpot website, bikespot.org.au, and there's a little welcome intro, but the main focus is the map, and the map is embedded in the website. You can also click there if you want to open up on a full screen, and you just might have to wait a little time to, to load all mm. the 1,500-plus spots, but you can really browse all the, the different pins, um, jump in there the ones that you sort of can relate to, I think that's always a good place to start and read the comments. You can add your comment and vote. And if there's a if there's a location that you feel safe or unsafe and want to add to it, just click that big add a, add a spot button and follow the prompts and fill out the survey and share why you do or don't feel safe at that location.
0: And so perception of safety is um, a big issue in getting people onto bikes. Yeah. Is it something... Anyone's tried to do a project around before, do you think? Um,
2: It's a really good question. We know that the biggest barrier to more people riding or the existing riders riding more and people that don't ride, starting to ride, is that they just feel it's unsafe on the roads and it's mixing with traffic and other modes of transport. We have done a little bit of looking into any similar projects. They've all been a bit different. Um, in terms of the map-based stuff, we did the cycle story stuff in the past, yep. but there's a lot of behaviour change programs out there, like the Right to Work program and the Squeaky Wheel have the Share Our Streets program with the City yep. of Melbourne. So they're, they're doing things around writing etiquette and um, encouraging people to ride more, but not through highlighting issues, but yep. through just highlighting the positives of riding. So it's a different angle, yep. I
0: guess. And I think it's interesting to me that I mean, there's over 12 local councils who have come on as partners for the project. And I think it's very interesting that they see the value in data around perceptions of safety, not just like you're saying, they, they have access to the data from Roads about where accidents happen. Yeah. But also that they, they see value in finding out where do people feel uncomfortable when they're riding?
2: Yeah, that's right. Because perception, as we have heard before, is reality and how we feel about a certain thing is the only thing that matters in some cases, and there's no point in us collecting all this data just to keep it in a database. We we need to get it to the people that need it to make the best decisions. And it's fantastic that 12 councils have have signed up and said, okay, we'll we'll put our hand up, we'll stick our logo on the site, and and receive the data and 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 factor that into our planning decisions. And and that's that's a really important thing, and probably um, is a big step up. And where things have happened, you know, happened in the past.
1: It's um, I'm trying to remember what the Yarra Council um, uh, trouble spot uh, was called for a while. It, I think it still runs through the, you know, the Bicycle Advisory Committee meeting. But the idea that you can inform either the council, that, you know, here is a bad spot of road, or the bluestones here are pretty bad, or the stop sign is not visible here, it, it gets people's attention and you get something done a little bit about it. That's not the main focus of it though, is it?
2: The main focus is not for immediate response. No. It's more it's more we've got this this three month period where all this data is being aggregated onto the map and then we're gonna export that and then feed it well, specifically we wanna do that comparison on a yeah. metropolitan scale. Perceptions of data versus historical crashes. That's really the and highlight those points. And they could all be in the city of Melbourne or there could be four in the city of Yarra and to in We don't know at this stage. But where those major differences occur, what we're going to do is give the data to each council that have signed on, and it's really up to them where they want to take that. They can do some analysis in-house if they've got the resources, or we can help them out with that. But it's not for immediate response at this stage. It's more strategic, yeah.
1: Tell me what... Uh what was your initial guesstimate about how many spots you'd get on in the first month? I mean, you know, I've looked at it and read through comments on a lot. This is overwhelming.
2: It is. It is overwhelming, and we—I don't think I expected over fifteen hundred spots in the first week. I think we were talking, the project team were talking, um, and said, well, how many do you think? Should we give a number uh, so we can reach it and we can have a big tick next to it? And I think I was like, oh. Well, the City of Melbourne, we did the City of Melbourne Draft Bicycle Strategy yep. and they got just over 1,000 in, in a three-week period. Yep. We've got 1,500 in the first week. So that's just a bit of perspective. But that is just the City of Melbourne area, that project was, and this yep. is metropolitan Melbourne. So I knew we'd smash 1,000, but I didn't expect it in the first week. And I mean, it, it just is so valuable when you can get the age to embed the map in, in an article yep. and then ABC online, picked it up. So it's um, it's really impressive and, we, you know, it's power in numbers. So we want the data and we want participation and submissions, the more the merrier, really.
0: And I know with this map, another thing that may be a little different to some that, like, often they're, they're pitched at cyclists, obviously. Um, but this one being about perceptions of safety, we're also hoping to capture would be cyclists or people who've maybe given it a go and then thought no nah, it's not for me um so do you think that will give an extra quality to the data or the the numbers you're getting
2: yeah well that's certainly we gave some thought to that in the lead up in designing the project and the map and so well, we've got this question in the survey form that asks well, what's your you know level of riding confidence to you know so from the very confident to the confident but cautious to really wanting to ride more but but just too scared or it's just mm-hmm. too unsafe so we can when the data set is being built out we can filter out those responses and say so, well where are the, the people that don't currently ride where where do they are most fearful about so accommodating the I guess the bicycle network to the to the lowest group the least confident group and I think that's really important mm-hmm. and I, you know because we want to that's a huge chunk of riders that are really interested but it just just aren't yep. feeling safe and that's a really big one
0: and i think especially in the inner suburbs where you've often got some quite decent infrastructure yeah but if you're one scary intersection away from that um that does put a lot of people off and it's an opportunity for them to highlight that and uh maybe council to look at it that's right. from that perspective rather than a pure safety angle but that comfort and uh helping someone get on the bike who wouldn't have otherwise.
2: Yeah. You yeah. could have a, like a, a massive arterial road in between you and a, and some beautiful bicycle infrastructure, but that first five minutes is really uncomfortable yeah. and you're not yeah. going to do it every day. You don't want to do it. No. So it's... No. Um, what You know, other, other things which I think the map might highlight is these big differences between inner city Melbourne and, and the rest of Melbourne. If you... Just looking at... You, you can sort of see, even if you just look at the map, you can see these the colours, the different colours, and where they're situated. There's beautiful green spots all littered through Canning Street, yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like then there are you know other areas where it's, it's obviously dots and dots of red where there's like high dooring zones and things yeah. like that. So it's but on the outer, um, it'd be great to get some more more data yeah. as well, but especially as you know, separated
1: bike lanes in the outer. Twenty kilometres. So, uh, you know, you take the the bike track around the the ring road or the one from Ringwood back into the city. They're wonderful bypass. Yeah. You know, that are full of people. But you can see that that's, that's because I feel safe there. And they're like off-road. And they're off-road. Yeah. It really does make a difference. Can I just touch on, I this is a little bit off topic, you were talking about the Melbourne City Council and we're talking about the gathering data from people who will make a submission. Mm. And if anybody hasn't looked, had a look at it, you should have a look at it and read some of the comments from individual spots. Yeah. Because some people explain things, why things are unsafe or why they feel unsafe there. Melbourne City Council and a couple of others now are taking much more notice and locking in their response to inputs like this. The Melbourne Bicycle Strategy Survey was Swanson Street was another great example.
2: Yeah, this is, a, this is a big change, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's right. In the past, when when councils or the City of Melbourne developed their bicycle strategy, they'd be okay. okay. We're the experts in house. We we will right. develop the strategy. Then they'll put that strategy or PDF out to the community and say, what do you think of what we've put together? This is a different approach where they've gone a step earlier and said, here's a blank canvas, here's a map, Uh, tell us what you think, and then we'll then factor that into this draft strategy that we create. And I think that's a really important point that they've, they've let the community identify their priorities. And that's what's happened with this bicycle strategy is that the top 10 issues and the top 10 ideas are in this bicycle strategy the city of melbourne and they can then develop options that feed into um priorities for the capital works budget for the next four years mm. so that's that's really cool it is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got to say <laughs> well the, the funny thing about it
1: is that you highlight this because cyclists tend to be the people who respond to these surveys when they had the four was it four or five options for swanson street yeah they got flooded mm-hmm. yeah. with responses and I'm presuming that about 70% of the responses were from cyclists, not other road users. Anyway,
2: No, it's a really good point. Yeah. Bike riders are a, target, you know, are a community that care. They care, you know, can I say a shitload, but they care, <laughs> they care a lot And um, because obviously they feel passionately about riding but also because there's a, an element of, there is an element of risk because you're exposed and you're going at speeds with other traffic. So there is that, you know, deep care.
1: As evidenced by the fact you know, your valve pops up out on the way home and you are struck by the side of the road, I bet you every cyclist that goes past you offers help. <laughs> it's perfect yeah. explanation of exactly what you're talking
2: about. We've been there. Yeah.
0: And uh, just quickly, I mean, we'll have to finish up. There's been some interest regionally also in uh, having bike spot go on. So if anyone was interested in getting it started up in their regional areas, how what's the best way for them to get in touch?
2: Yeah, well, the best way is to either contact, um, you can email us, the project team at info at or contact me directly, um, anthony at crowdspot.com.au. There's more information on some of our past projects on the, the CrowdSpot website, crowdspot.com.au. But for those that either want to replicate the BikeSpot project in other cities or other regional areas, yeah, get in touch. We'd, be, we'd love to work with a range of people.
0: And uh, if you do ride around Melbourne or would like to, um, make sure you go to bikespot.org.au and ha- take a look at the map and put down uh, your spots or maybe p- make some comments on other people's.
1: And had, the, the thing I did first was track my commute to work, so we've got every <laughs> yes, little same. spot as I went along. Now, just remember it's subscriber week here at uh, 3CR, 3CR relies on the financial support of all our listeners and subscribers to stay on air. As Noam Chomsky once said, you want to know what happens in your local community, listen to a local radio station. 3CR, celebrating 40 years in Smith Street this year, make sure there's another 40 years behind it. And just so I don't stick with my usual pattern, i not attributing that wonderful poem at the start of the show, that's, of course, Pablo Neruda, the Chilean poet and bike rider.